Hey guys! Hola amigos! It is Jaysher here and Micah from Podzilla. Uh, we are huge fans of Real Latinos. Uh, we love all the guys here on the show. Just an amazing podcast. And if you might be looking for other cool podcasts to listen to, you could consider us. Yeah! We I do. think we do some good work. <laughs> we do a little show called Podzilla where we watch every single Godzilla movie and then talk about it. And there's a lot of them. We've worked our way through a good portion so far, finished up our first season and heading into season two. Yeah, so we'd love it if you guys wanted to check us out. But other than that, back to the show. <laughs> I've got my popcorn ready. This podcast is strong, sturdy, made of good Italian pine. Somos real Latinos. Hola y bienvenidos a Real Latinos. My name is Ismael. This is Guti. ¿Qué pasó? ¿Qué pasó, mi gente? And Ron is unfortunately not here with us. He's not dead. He's just not here. <laughs> he's he's feeling <laughs> sick. He's feeling under the weather. Um, so Guti and I are basically going to be your your Latino uh, Cisco and Ebert. You know what I'm saying? I call Ebert. The, kid, um, the kids are taking over. Yeah, the kids. <laughs> our, our, our average age in the podcast has significantly fallen. Poor dude. Um, we kid oh, because fuck. we love. Yeah, we we can yeah we I mean we're in shambles right now. We we need you. We need you back <laughs> steering the ship. Uh, so let's get into it. So a couple of news things to talk about. Um, big news story. Uh, so for all of you that are unaware, um, there are other academies for movies outside of the U.S. And uh, unfortunately, the academy over in Mexico, AMAC, A M A C C. Um, they announced that, well, they announced a while ago, but they announced that they won't be giving their prizes next year in 2023, Los Arieles. So that's a huge, wow. huge bummer. So, uh, the reasoning behind it is because of, uh, like finance stuff. Um, there's a lot of, uh, politics all around it, you know, but basically the, the through line is, um, they don't have the money to do the ceremony, which totally sucks. Um, and, uh, where they get that money from, uh, it got changed up because of, uh, government, you know, uh, they're shuffling around the money to make sure that certain things get stuff, certain other things, uh, are, like, or they get that money from somewhere else. So unfortunately next year, uh, it looks like there's not going to be any Arieles. However, our, our angel, our, I mean, I mean, the man we're talking about today, Guillermo del Toro was el pissed. As soon as he heard that news, he was like, man, F this, I'll do it. And so he said, like, he basically called him out all on Twitter, like, hey, official academy, uh, person that runs the academy, uh, the secretary of culture over at the government, like, adding them all on Twitter and being like, hey, uh, I don't want to get into politics or none of this, but I want to keep the ceremony going because it's really important for our culture. Uh, so I'm going to pony up any money that's needed for all the statuettes and uh just let me know what else is needed so i can help out with the ceremony 
Uh, so Guillermo del Toro putting his money where his mouth is. Legit. I, I mean, uh, like what a what a what a man. What a myth. What a legend. Guillermo del Toro. Oh, yeah. um, a lot of a lot of a lot of talk happening over in Mexico for like the last month about this. Um, you know, uh, it is a little silly that he's just like, man, I'll just pay for everything, you know. But ultimately, it's like, oh snap! Thank you, thank you, Memo. You know, Doctor Memo del Toro. Yeah. You know, like I can't believe stepping he's, up like, for sure. He's stepping up big time, and I feel like it shouldn't be up to Guillermo del Toro. You know, I feel like there should be like a good stable system so this doesn't have to happen. Yeah, but we're just so lucky to have Guillermo del Toro to to basically say if you need me i'll be there yeah thoughts Guti? Right. thoughts on all this yeah yeah so i guess my first question um it, i i guess is it too expensive i mean it's not ideal but is it expensive to have it you know virtually or i guess maybe i mean like is, i mean I, I know that there's still costs associated with that and obviously you got to get people involved and in making sure that the technology um you know is working uh, throughout the ceremony and stuff, and you can have issues, but I mean, it to me it seems like it's at least better than nothing. If you get what I'm saying, <laughs> like, um, I just so don't that, know, I mean, actually. that's the only thing I would think. Yeah, the only thing that I'm not sure about is like how much does it really cost to like get one of these things going? You know, like I'm right. sure there's marketing costs. I'm sure there's, uh, I mean, obviously the statuette costs. But assuming that's free, if Guillermo does it. Um, I don't know. I really don't know what all the costs associated with doing something like this is, but I do think that, I mean, if they're getting government subsidies to do all this, I feel like um, the best thing to do is basically, uh, you know, have the receipts and say, like, this is exactly where the money went to uh, so that you know what's happening behind the scenes. You know what I mean? So, I mean, exactly. I don't know. Just... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, like, exactly, like, just having some sort of accountability, you know, that hey, this is where the funds are going and it's not being used for any ulterior motives. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, like you mentioned, I, I mean, here in the United States, we always take jabs at the Academy and stuff. And I'm not saying that I support every decision that they've ever done in their <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the lifetime of that organization. But it is an important that, you know, these institutions are important in preserving our culture, right? Mm -hmm. And they take snapshots of our culture at, uh, at any given point in time. Like, you know, you can go back down the list of all the ideas or all the Academy Awards and see, you know, which films resonated with people in those times, um, at that point in time. And usually, well, it's critics or people invited to vote on them, but you, you kind of get my point. So mm -hmm. for me, I mean, it's, it's kind of a shame and it's almost like at a rate, I mean, it's not that significant to the point right now because, you know, not a ton of years have passed by, but it's almost like cultural erasure because yeah. you're taking, a, you're, you're not celebrating these artists who have put so much hard work and effort into them. And at the end of the day, they just want to be remembered for the great work that they've, they've done and the influence that they've had on people's lives. So mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's the shameful part for me. And, and for me, I, I know that there's got to be, I don't know, Mexico's, you know, economics and stuff like that and their mm -hmm. situation, but I would assume that there's always got to be money somewhere. It's just a matter of moving those funds to other places and what's important to you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just a real, I mean, it's a real shame that it, like all this basically happened, you know? So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. hopefully, hopefully, and I mean, you know, there's also like the argument of like, you know, like how much is the Academy even like, like highlighting and preserving? Cause I know that there's like this big for like the past couple of years for at least for like the past five years, um, 
there's been like critiques of the academy over in mexico because a lot of times the prizes mainly go to just like five movies and that's it you know what i mean and um it's just a shame that like you know like like at least in the like in the academy awards in the united states uh they it is pretty diverse amount of movies you know like they look at a lot of shorts and stuff a lot of feature length films and uh, even in the feature length stuff like in special effects uh versus uh audio design you know or like basically across the different nomination list pools there's like a lot of movies to choose from however or in mexico it's um it's usually like three to five movies like max that like really get the nominations and uh i don't know just kind of so hopefully this like kind of kicks them in the butt and like shows them hey like (laughs) there's got to be changes going on you know and i know that's not the reason why it's not happening but it's like i don't know uh maybe this is a time to revitalize the whole uh institution see how they're going to be handing out prizes so yep that's uh that's the news that's the news for today here in real latinos um I mean, other than for this movie, the distribution for Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, I mean, the the man that's actually, like, really putting his money where his mouth is for, like, saving Mexican cinema and stuff. Not saving, like, you know you know what I mean. Um, yeah. he He's having a hard time getting Pinocchio out there uh, to be actually played into a lot of... Because um, in Mexico, there's two main um, cineplexes. It's one is Cinepolis and the other one is Cinemix. And... Uh, he had a deal with Cinemix to, uh, like to premiere the movie with them, and then at the end Word. of the day, they just pulled the plug and they're like, "Nah, we're not doing it." And it's also because of all this Netflix stuff happening, of like, how long do you wait until the movie's on Netflix? And right. it's just this whole big deal, and it's been going on for like a month now. Of like Guillermo del Toro is basically like doing a grassroots effort of like where can i play my movie in mexico and so he right he's just asking places like you know uh if you need to watch this movie like let me know and so we can look for like an independent theater around you so we can start screening the movie so yeah that's the yeah, other I mean, piece that, of news <laughs> yeah i mean that 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 totally sucks because i know that one of the one of the great things that i loved about um one of the documentaries that they made around roma um, which all, which is Alfonso Cuarón's uh, movie, uh, mm-hmm. which I think is a masterpiece, in my opinion. Yeah, same. Same for the Spoilers. You know, they basically. I know that they got like some sort of. Um, I think it was like a van or a car or something like that, and they literally were bringing showings to the people in rural communities with the within Mexico, mm-hmm. and people were you know absolutely loved it. I know they interviewed many people and you know it, was, it meant so much to them to see represent themselves represented on screen and you know necessarily no get not getting into the pinocchio stuff yet which is dumb, <laughs> but, you know there's a lot of you know there's a lot of beliefs and values that many gummos have within pinocchio even though you may not you know it's not as overt right so right. we'll get into that We'll get all into it here in our feature presentation of Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. That's Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, not Zemeckis' Pinocchio that came out earlier this year. Uh, if you want to just have a, a grand old time with Zemeckis, go ahead and go do that. <laughs> but we are focusing on Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Uh, but before we get into that, Guti, what you've been up to? What you've been watching? How, how you been? How you been, my guy? Oh, man, I, I've, I've been good. You know, I've been good. Um nothing nothing too crazy you know still still playing modern warfare 2 whenever i get a chance right, right. Because, yeah. you know i'm just addicted to that game right now 
but I did get a couple movies in. So mm. I watched uh, I watched The Court Jester, which is a movie from 1955, uh, starring Danny Kaye, and it's kind of like a, a Technicolor Vistavision. Um, Technicolor meaning in some color, obviously. And then Vistavision, kind of back in the day, they had to appease the audiences and compete with television, essentially. There was a, you know, there's a widescreen version of the film, you know, like a full screen version of the film. Mm -hmm. So that's essentially what those two things are. So basically the film is about uh, Danny Kaye's character where he's like, (laughs) essentially, they have to, uh, honestly, the plot... Actually, I'm not even going to explain the plot. The plot's not <laughs> go watch it. To be honest with you, <laughs> just go watch it. It's a ton of good fun. Uh, I think I've talked about on this pod that I absolutely love Cantinflas, and he's like one of the pillars that I grew up with. And there's a lot of physical comedy in this, uh, and like facial expressions that are very akin to the style of acting that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, mostly being done by Danny Kaye because he's just. I honestly was not, I was like the, the meme that there is today. Like I was not familiar with uh, Danny Kaye's talents, but after this film, I'm very much familiar with his talent <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I totally respect it. So yeah, if you like Antinflas, uh, or even if you like Chaplin and, and the type of comedy he does, I think you'll find a lot in here that <laughs> that's really funny and it's just great. And it also has Angela Lansbury who, who recently passed away. So it was great to kind of see her and she, she's pretty young in this film too. Uh, which was crazy. I'm like, oh shoot, that's Angela. So, <laughs> oh yeah, these old people awesome. used to be young. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, uh, and then I decided to put on uh, the next Monty Python film that I haven't seen. So I've seen Holy Grail, mm. and I've seen Life of Brian. Right. Uh, I mean, the, so I basically the main to... two that most people watch, right? Right. <laughs> but I'm telling you right now, you need to watch The Meaning of Life. It is oh. so much better than Life of Brian, and the meaning of the life. I mean, the meaning of life is actually the last film uh, that the Pythons would ever do together, because Chapman um, would pass away like maybe four or five years after the oh, release of this film, who was one of the members. So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, <laughs> essentially, instead of being like a narrative, like the Life of Brian, it's literally just a bunch of sketches on the Pythons trying to answer this question of what the meaning of life is. Uh, yes. the title. And I mean, it pretty much goes exactly like you would think a Monty Python film <laughs> would go. And, uh, <laughs> and I mean, honestly, I don't understand why people don't talk about it as much as life of Brian. Uh, it's definitely a little edgier because if you know anything about the Pythons, they, they basically were always pushing the boundaries of comedy. Mm-hmm. So more than likely, there might be something that kind of like rubs you the wrong. I mean, there's definitely for me a couple times where I'm like, ah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> Pythons but, I mean, chill. That's, that's, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, that's you know that's part of what you know what makes comedy right, like that shock value. So I highly recommend watching it if you guys are a fan of Monty Python. Um, it's a great time. Um, but enough of me. What have you been up to, Mayor Mama? Ooh, do, 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 do. Well, what have I been up to since last week? I uh, basically finished school for the semester, but I still have work to do. So there's nice. this whole big thing, you know, like my classes have ended, but my work hasn't. So I'm still working through the winter break which i know everyone with a real job quote-unquote real job out here is like oh wait no we don't get winter breaks we don't like i get it all right i'm a student still get off my back 
I like my winter break. So um, that kind of sucks. Uh, I still have work to do, but that's okay. Uh, because ultimately the work is, uh, you know, going to end up benefiting me because it is for publications and stuff. So, you know, I, I nice. not, not too much to complain about, you know. Uh, but other than that, I've watched a couple of movies. I watched Le Samurai, 1967, Le Samurai. Oh, yeah, you went against criterion. my suggestion on that one. Yeah, me, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I put up a poll you over decide, on a you Discord. You decided to go with uh, democracy. Yeah, of <laughs> I mean, touring. I'm not gonna be a fascist authoritarian. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Right. Uh, but uh, I put up on a poll uh, on our on the Discord that we're part of for the VHS Village. Shout out the VHS Village. But I put up a poll and I said, "What, what movie should I watch? Should I watch The Samurai? Should I watch Deep Cover, featuring Lawrence Fishburne, or should I watch?" Uh, investigation of a citizen under suspicion something like that it's a long ass thing, title but yeah, um, basically yeah. all three i blind bought from criterion a while ago and um i just didn't know which one i wanted to watch i was like in the mood to watch something and um the samurai won it, got, it won the poll uh and so i watched it and it was all right you know like three and a half stars it's just way slower than i thought it was gonna be i was not in the mood for a slow right. movie i did not know it was gonna be that slow so unfortunately <laughs> yeah maybe in another day, another time, uh, I'll like it more. Um, I also watched See How They Run. Nice little nice Ooh, little murder nice. mystery like that. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I'm getting all MCU'd out. That's all I got to say. Um, and, nice. But actually, speaking of MCU, uh, I also watched Werewolf by Night today. The um, Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gal Garcia Bernal. Uh, he's basically... Um, the titular werewolf uh, in this in this like it's like only an hour so it's it's technically feature length movie but you know it's like it's just a small halloween special that they had over at marvel studios and it was super cool i thought it was really fun um more like this please please i didn't have to you know you didn't have to shoehorn any other characters into here it was just it, its own thing and it was fun and it was just like an ode to like the uh what's these fools the universal monsters universal horror monsters oh nice an ode to that so it's pretty cool have you watched that good thing no i i need to mm. i need to check it out I'm, I'm behind on my 2022 films yeah. uh I, at some point here probably in the next week or so I'm, I'm probably gonna try to catch up on everything that's kind of hit streaming or i see you know anything that's in theaters now yeah well that's all i watched uh ron i don't know if you're gonna edit yourself saying something here but um we miss you that's all i gotta say we miss you Ron. um <laughs> continuing on we're gonna go into our feature presentation guillermo del toro's pinocchio uh so guillermo del toro's pinocchio came out this year 2022 uh directed by none other than guillermo del toro and mark gustafson so mark gustafson um a great director in his own right i'm assuming um i have not seen any of his other work so uh, oh, yeah. apologies mark gustafson uh, <laughs> but, uh, but this is basically a story about pinocchio as you all may or may not know uh it's starring gregory mann as the voice of titular pinocchio it's got ewan mcgregor david bradley christoph waltz tilda swinton ron perlman finn wolfhart uh, Kate Blanchett, Tim Blake Nelson, John Turturro. It's just a stacked cast. And um, and we're going to get into some spoiler territory. So make sure that you, um, you know, make sure that you, you watch this movie before jumping in. But uh, before we jump into all of this, let's let's get that background. Let's hear the background of this movie. 
Yeah, so Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is a stop-motion animated musical fantasy film directed by Guillermo del Toro and Mark Gustafson. Based on Gris Grimley's design from his 2002 edition of the 1883 Italian novel The Adventures of Pinocchio by Carlo Collodi, this adaption is the 24th in the Pinocchio cinematic universe, not including television adaptions. The film was originally announced by del Toro in 2008 as his passion project stating no art form has influenced my life and my work more than animation, and no single character in history has had as deep of a personal connection to me as Pinocchio. Any film that it released is a miracle, but this one even more so. Originally scheduled to be released in 2013-2014, the project went into development hell. It even got to the point where in late 2017, Del Toro said that the project was not happening because no studios were willing to finance it. Luckily, in late 2018, it was announced that the film had been revived with Netflix acquiring it. The film was partially produced at the Centro Internacional de Animación or International Animation Center in Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico, which was founded by Del Toro and is Latin America's first stop-motion production studio. They were specifically responsible for animating Pinocchio and McCricket, along with the afterlife sequences and the end credits scene. Much of the film, however, was filmed in Portland, Oregon, with the help of Mark Gustafson, who was the animation director on Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox. With Gustafson signed on, they turned to partner with the animation production company Shadow Machine, who had worked on such shows as Robot Chicken and BoJack Horseman. Shadow Machine used as many as 60 small stages operating simultaneously for roughly three years while the movie was in production. When speaking about this film, Del Toro has asserted that animators are actors, and that's how he approached production. Del Toro continued by stating, We guaranteed the animators that they would be treated like actors, that between action and cut, they can make decisions and show them to us. That's why he, we credited the animators in the front of the credits, right next to the cast. GDT's Pinocchio has already made a splash with audiences and critics alike, having won Best Animated Film, and Best Animated Feature at the Los Angeles Film Critics Association and has been nominated for Best Animated Feature Film, Best Original Score, and Best Original Song at the Golden Globe Awards just a few days ago. I wouldn't be surprised if it picks up some nominations slash wins at the Academy Awards as well, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Back to you, Ismael. Wow, wow, wow. What a background. I mean... I I didn't know that Pinocchio itself was in development hell, but I mean, there's a theme with um, Guillermo del Toro having development hell in general. So give give my boy yep. Guillermo a break. You know, he's he's a great filmmaker. Just let him make his movies. All right. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah. I I would usually ask for the respective history of uh behind these filmmakers, but I mean, we all I feel like we all know each other's. Uh, background with Guillermo del Toro, love the man, made good movies. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And uh, um, let's go. Let's get into this movie. Let's let's hear the synopsis of the movie. Ron so graciously typed up a synopsis for us to read, so I'll I'll get it. Go ahead and read that to you all now. <clears throat> Geppetto is an Italian carpenter who loses his son Carlo in a church bombing during the First World War. He plants a pine cone next to Carlo's grave, which over the next 20 years grows into a large tree while Geppetto himself grows bitter. In a drunken rage, Geppetto chops down the tree and carved it into a puppet to replace his dead son. 
a wood sprite takes pity on Geppetto and magically animated the puppet, naming it Pinocchio and putting a cricket named Sebastian in charge of him in, ch- in exchange for granting his wish of becoming famous. Geppetto is delighted to find that Pinocchio is alive, but he's kind of a dope, so he sends him to school. Uh, Count Volpe and his monkey, Spazzatura, intercept the living puppet and con him into joining their show. When Geppetto and Count Volpe argue over Pinocchio, the puppet is accidentally run over and killed by a passing truck. In the afterlife, Death explains that Pinocchio isn't a real boy, so he can't really die, but each time he does, he'll have to wait longer to reanimate. Pinocchio runs away and joins Volpe's circus to make money for Geppetto. Geppetto and Sebastian go in search of Pinocchio, but are swallowed by a giant dogfish. Pinocchio plays a show for Mussolini. Yes, that Mussolini, who is offended and has Pinocchio executed. When Pinocchio revives again, Podesta, a government official, recruits Pinocchio into the army as the perfect undying soldier. As he bonds with Podesta's son, Candlewick, the base is bombed and Volpe captures and crucifies. Yes, you heard that right. Crucifies Pinocchio. Spazzatura intervenes and helps Pinocchio escape and Volpe is killed in the struggle. Pinocchio and Spazzatura rescue Geppetto and Sebastian from the dogfish, but Pinocchio dies again in the process. Fearing Geppetto will drown while he's waiting to revive, Pinocchio convinces Death to turn him into a real boy and send him back early, removing his ability to return to life any further. Pinocchio saves Geppetto, but once again dies in the process and is not revived. Sebastian then trades his wish of fame for one last revival, and the wood sprite restores Pinocchio to life one last time, and they all live happily ever after in fascist Europe. Wow, what wow. a synopsis what from a synopsis. Ron. Thank you so much, Ron, for this synopsis. Uh, very well put, everything. Um, they crucify Pinocchio. Uh, Mussolini, oh, yeah. Mussolini uh, <laughs> he, he shows up. Cameo of Mussolini in this movie. Um, so, yeah, uh, lots to talk about. Uh, so thank you, Ron, for the synopsis. But uh, Thanks, Ron. Uh, Guti, how about you go ahead and lead us with your first point for Pinocchio? So, <laughs> so how uh, GDT basically decided to put the animators uh, along with the cast up front. Let, let's start with the stop motion animation. So I think I've already talked about this before when we talked about like La Casa Lobo. Um, but every single time I watch work of arts like this, it just pains me to see because I know how much time and effort goes into it. And it, and it kind of allows me to appreciate the artistry much more. Uh, you know, I think as a filmmaker, you know, coming from someone who's never made a film, but to me, it seems that if you're willing to be patient with it, because it does take a lot of time and a lot of effort and, um, a lot of manual labor, it's one of the most beautiful mediums to kind of convey a story. Um, so, you know, I, I thought that the design of Pinocchio was brilliant. Um, even up to like, it's kind of the imperfections that you see in his design, like the hair being slightly off, mm. almost like a bad haircut that yeah. you get like from a, you know, three star Yelp. He's also got the <laughs> stitches shop. just like Frankenstein. Right? It's freaking sick, dude. Shout out Frankenstein. Yep. Shout out Guillermo del Toro. Love yep. Frankenstein. And, I mean, <laughs> exactly. And we, exactly. Like you just mentioned, like we know that he loves Frankenstein. So that was, that's definitely there on purpose. Uh, and then, yeah, like the jagged lines and the web that make him up from the tree that Geppetto carves him from. Uh, to the nails sticking out in random places, which kind of has like a dual meeting later on in the film, right, with the <laughs> with the Jesus on the cross uh, and the church. Uh, but 
you don't really think about it maybe when, while you're watching it for the first time, but maybe it might, you know, come around on the second viewing. But all those details play into the into the story that they're telling in the character. Um, so, like, one of the overarching themes about it, right, is staying true to yourself and being loved for who you are. And mm-hmm. so in the character of Pinocchio, like, we see with him in his character design alone, you know, that even though he has all these imperfections, that, you know, he has a lot to say about that world that he inhabit, he now inhabits, right? Um, and so for me, I think that's just, again, another detail that really goes into telling a well-composed story. And you can tell how much GDT loves his monsters, right? With having that much mm. detail um, into Pinocchio and the rest of the characters in this film, um, you can tell how much that means to him. And for anyone who's listening, I would highly, highly encourage that you please watch the behind the scenes on Netflix that they have Ooh, for, yes. for Pinocchio. Because, I mean, it's it's amazing what they what they're able to do. And, and the, you know, they talk about this more in depth and the details that maybe you may not have caught while watching the film. Yeah, they, they get really pretty extensive into the whole behind the scenes. But like, I mean, uh, I mean, like the. Stop motion animation to me is just mind blowing. Like, yeah. I can't believe they take weeks just to do a couple seconds. Like, what the heck? Like, weeks of work of just moving picture, moving picture, moving picture to make a moving picture. Like, it's just insane. Like, I, I don't know. It's it's it's. I think those... I think in the thing they said like one of the shots took three months. I think that's what Guillermo said. I was like, wow, yeah, it's <laughs> it's insane. it's insanity. Like, I. Like yeah. you have to be the most patient, the most like, and then also like the whole idea of like stop motion is, you have the freedom to do exactly what you want, but like you need right. to know exactly what you want. There's no happy accidents here, like you need to know exactly where the camera's gonna have to be. You need to know where all your characters have to be, and you are in total control of the medium. There's no like, I don't know. There's no improv here. It's all just yeah. boom. Here you go. Yeah. So and that's what makes it difficult too, because like you know, because everything is so detailed sometimes on sets, like you always hear, you know, directors talk about on their commentaries and stuff like that. You know, like I love when happy accidents happen or, you know, if an actor Mm. wants to take it a certain different way and with stop motion animation where everything is so planned out and meticulous, like Mm -mm. it's hard to have those happy accidents uh, occur. So none of that. Yeah, no, it's it's insane, man. It's insane. Uh, So yeah, pretty incredible stuff. Uh, Pretty incredible stuff here from GDT. Um, so I'll go into my first point, um, and about how this movie is kind of insane for being a PG movie. Like, are you kidding me? There's child death. There's alcohol abuse. There's Nazi salutes. There's, (laughs) there's like bombs going and dark and like (laughs) blowing up kids. There's, uh, they blow up the whale and his guts are everywhere. Like it's insane. Um, so cool. Though. It's just yeah, it's really great, <laughs> really cool stuff. Um, and then it's also like funnier than I thought it would be. Like I like I thought when Jiminy Cricket was like first there, seeing like uh, uh, Pinocchio being made, or, or like Geppetto's like whole studio, and he's like, it's a house of horrors. It's like really right. It's it's just <laughs> I mean, which also parallels you know Frankenstein and all that stuff. But still, um, right. like I, I did like. It was pretty funny overall too. I thought like uh Pinocchio's entrance in general was like 
kind of funny in a really dark way because it's not jolly or nice like hey my name's pinocchio but he's like coming in like a contortionist like it is like not a pretty sight but it's like it's crazy um so uh yeah extremely dark themes happening here um uh as you all very well know uh by the time that you watch this movie but oh my gosh and then also (laughs) one part that i thought was hilarious is uh one uh when pinocchio first dies (laughs) And they're checking his pulse, and they're, just, and they're like, "Nope, no pulse here, no pulse here." I'm afraid the body is dead. It's like he's always he's wood. <laughs> like there's he's right. Have a and, and, and that he and, doesn't. And, have. and that's exactly like that's a joke that a little kid may not catch on to, but as an adult who's probably going to be stuck watching this with a kid, like they're like, "Holy crap!" Like they're laughing their butt off, right? Yeah. That's what I really appreciate it is about so this. Good. I was just gonna say like the the long car that Mussolini pulls into. I'm like, dude, like really. Oh my god! And how short Mussolini is? Yeah. He's just like some punk. <laughs> like, oh my god. Oh man. I mean, uh, I joked about it in my really great box review, but I was like, I wish that I was like, I, I was surprised his nose wasn't longer. You know, but I know, right? Yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah. I, thought the, I thought the I thought I thought the animation for for Mussolini was was spot on, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was really well made. And then, uh, what else? Uh, still in this whole dark theme, like a lot of crazy stuff. I mean, like in in the synopsis, Pinocchio gets crucified here, straight up crucified. Yep. Like I cannot believe what is happening. And then, uh, um, I forget his name. Uh, Christoph Waltz's character, the carnival, uh, the carnival guy. Oh, his uh, name is. Um, it's not supposed to Volpe. 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 Yeah, Count Volpe. 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 Uh, Volpe. 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 But anyways, Volpe, uh, he falls off a cliff and just, like, you can hear his bones crunching on as he falls on a rock. I'm like, what the hell is going on? This <laughs> is crazy. Um, I think it's, like, it's super insane. And I was, like, thinking, this is PG. Would I let my kids see this PG movie? And honestly, I think, yeah. I mean, it is, like, crazy <laughs> stuff. But it's also, like, kind of, sh- like, very slowly showing them, like, you know, fascism is not great. <laughs> you know? Uh, M- Mussolini yeah. was not a good guy. Uh, or, like, um, Volpe is a bad guy. And, like, or or just, like, you know, real life is kind of scary. And uh, kind of just preparing yep. them for, like, like kind of scary images or things like that. So, I mean... If you watch this and already, plus we watched yeah. a lot worse grown up. So yeah, yeah, there's a, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then in the age of streaming, I'm sure a kid could just put literally whatever they want. So I mean, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, that's my first point. My first point is extremely dark themes, dark images in a PG movie. But I mean, way to go! It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's your Absolutely. What's your for actually? So, uh, Guti, what's your second point for Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio? Yeah, so one of the notes I actually have down here is is GDT Pinocchio. Mm. Uh, so I say that because, I mean, there's something beautiful about children, even though I'm sure parents listening to this probably don't feel the same way <laughs> all the time, uh, that, in that they're endlessly curious, right? asking questions about the world and oftentimes kind of seeing beauty in the world where adults can't because maybe they've had so many experiences in their life that it's kind of made them jaded. So I don't know. Every single time I saw Pinocchio on screen, I couldn't help to think that it's 
memo, right? I I, mm-hmm. I think if I'm not mistaken, he dedicated this right to his, to his dad and his mom. Yeah. I think there's something yeah. in the in the credits. Which, by the way, but you know, before I finish my point, Netflix, please stop recommending crap to me after the movie is done. I want to see the credits for the love of God. Uh, right. Thank you, yes. Christian. <laughs> <laughs> like I couldn't. Like, you gotta I'm rush a, further the remote nip. so that you could say yeah watch exactly credits. exactly oh my god exactly so i'm gonna nip i'm gonna nip the, the butt there but uh so yeah so i i think i saw a lot of himself in the film like even when pinocchio kind of has that standstill with um you know the 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 jesus on the cross and the, and the church like i know often you know i haven't seen all of memo's filmography because you know i don't want to dig into the you know the content we're uh, doing here <laughs> uh hint hint uh but you know i've seen chronos and geometria his first kind of short that he ever did and you've seen pans right always... not yet i haven't oh I haven't my god i have okay i <laughs> i have seen i have seen the creature at uh at the Academy Museum. Right. And that looks legit. It's like, gnarly. It, was, oh, it so is a cool gnarly, gnarly creature. But anyways. <laughs> yeah, so cool to see. But yeah, anyways, he's always asking questions about his Catholic upbringing. Uh, and it's like a constant theme in his film. So I honestly was like, whoa, is this, you know, is he kind of saying like, this is me? And I, I don't know the relationship that he's had with his father other than, you know, the unfortunate mm-hmm. kind of thing that happened with the, with the cartel and stuff. But, you know, for me i was like by the end of that i was like is this gdt kind of you know is this is this gdt really right because he's always been a director that's very curious always looking at kind of the monsters and and their abnormalities and and kind of you know celebrating them mm-hmm. as, uh, you know so yeah he's, I don't know, a very, what you think? he's a very jolly character i feel pinocchio and so is guillermo you know right. he's just a he's just such a likable huggable uh lovable dude you know and so i feel like yeah i mean in terms of like personality i would say hell yeah you know that's that's definitely like he's such a i don't know i I feel like he's just so kind-hearted but then again this is all what he puts out into the public so i understand that listener I, i get it but uh you know from what he does put out you know not everyone puts out such a jovial sort of character like character and according to like people that work with him behind the scenes, he's just a lovely dude. And so, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure this is uh, straight up Pinocchio. I, I, I do think that he's also just like, he's just always striving for more, always like, or, or like even, even this whole thing with con los arieles, like he's like, instead of just like letting despair go run amok, he's like, well, why can't we make it? You know? And so he starts trying to find solutions and, um, you know, even though naively it might be seen as like, oh, I'm just throwing money at the situation, but like, he's actually trying. You know, he's actually doing right. something about it, uh, much like a kid would want to find solutions to anything that they see. You know, instead of just like running and crying, they might want to fight, fight the problem head on, just like Pinocchio. So, yeah, right. yeah, and then uh, of course so, the whole the whole Catholic uh, stuff going on um i mean they straight up have jesus on a cross as an image here in this movie you know like uh, usually right. those are uh, uh in in kids media is usually saved for like you know like bible studies videos and stuff so uh right, right, crazy right. to see you know that jesus gets straight up destroyed by a world war one bomb so um exactly just, yeah it's, it's it's insane so 
Yeah, I, I By agree the way, uh, a, a Guillermo hug is definitely on the bucket list. <laughs> for sure, man. Uh-huh. I don't know how I need to make it happen. Oh my! But as long as Guillermo's cool, the first whenever I see him, hopefully <laughs> I meet him at some point. Uh, oh, I definitely want Guillermo hug. <laughs> Being the warm embrace of of Doctor Memo del Toro. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. that's that's definitely some some bucket list stuff right there. Um, all right. So my second point, I have so many points here, so. I'm just gonna go through a, a couple, but um, no. the carnival contract uh, basically being very much easily about uh, Hollywood taking advantage of child actors and like how yep. you know just saying like oh yeah you don't want to disappoint your your parents do you like you want to make money for them right uh, you'll send money back wink wink and then they just keep all the money to themselves it's just exploitation of children you know it's just it's a it's a horrible thing and he, uh, I mean. Guillermo del Toro is basically calling it all out in this movie, like um, it, obviously with a very, I feel like it's a very thinly veiled thing about the carnival, um, which again, Memo loves carnivals, you know. <laughs> he, oh yeah, he loves a good Nightmare. carnival, a Nightmare Alley. Check out, check, check Nightmare out Nightmare Alley. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, it's just like a thinly veiled like jab at you know Hollywood taking advantage of child actors. I think was a really really great thing that he did. Um, yep. Uh, another thing that's like Hollywood related, I feel, is like when it's a very small part, but when Pinocchio sees the carnival poster and is like, "Oh my gosh, look, that's me!" and just being excited about representation, you know, um, uh, right. kind of mirroring Hollywood. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, so <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty cool. I, I like, I really like that. Um, I, I really like that. Uh, what else do I want to say here? Um, I don't think I have anything else that's like Hollywood adjacent, but I do want to say that uh, the musical aspect of all this, I was totally surprised by, but super duper welcomed by it. I thought the music was pretty cool. Um, I, again, I had no clue that it was like a musical going in. Um, And I don't know if I would classify it as a full blown musical, but there are musical numbers, you know, Volpe's is pretty cool. Uh, I really like my son. That's that. It's a very sad song, you know. Like, but it's a very beautiful yeah. song. I would say because it's it's beautiful. It, it's positive and it could also be negative, depending on the context of when that song's being sung. So, um, yeah, I I really like the musical aspect of it. How about you, Guti? So uh, I'll be I'll be honest with you. <gasps> Don't the... you dare! <laughs> Don't you dare get into this, Guti. So the so the. So the first musical number, you know, when Pinocchio comes to life, I was not the biggest fan of. I, uh, I, mean, I, I get the point where like the child, you know, it's just it's supposed to make the point that like you know a child can be irritating with so many questions that he asks and stuff. But instead of me kind of finding it endearing and like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. Like for me, I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is gonna be the kid i gotta listen to the entire movie uh, it's his only song <laughs> but luckily <laughs> but, but luckily luckily you know as the things kind of you know as the thing you know as the movie progresses uh it definitely did did kind of grow on me so like for example uh it's our i mean that's the song that's up for best original song right now at the golden globes Wait, um, which one again I, uh ciao papa Oh, Chao Papa. So that song oh, wow. is up for, yeah, that's the one that's up for best original song. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the song that they use the campaign as well for the for the Academy Awards. 
that song was beautifully written. And it's actually, I don't know if you know this, but it was co-written by Guillermo himself as well. Oh, snap. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that song was amazing. I really liked that one. And like you said, I also liked My Son, but it it definitely took a little bit more for me to kind of get acclimated to it and be like, okay, you know. Cold-hearted Guti here. Ron's not here to I be the, gotta, the Debbie Downer on little kids having fun. <laughs> so Woods are filling in. I gotta exactly. I gotta step up for Ron. Step so up in those wooden shoes. <laughs> oh my god! How about those clogs? By the way, those wooden shoes. Oh yeah. How uncomfortable <laughs> would it be to be using those shoes? Good lord. <laughs> oh my god! And by the way, on the on the on the subject of feet. Uh, oh my I god! I not have Pinocchio <laughs> as an arsonist on my bingo card. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's just like, wow! Look at this beautiful light. <laughs> look at this beautiful light. Oh and I'm like, my, oh my god! Yeah, it's uh, pretty crazy. Pretty crazy stuff with Pinocchio. Uh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> that was freaking great. <laughs> hey, yeah. Uh, but how about your third and final point, Guti? Here, going in for Pinocchio, and give us that rating too. For sure, for sure. Okay, so I have like these kind of like mini points, and then I'll do the final. Um, yes, I'll do the third point, the third and final point. So, uh, so <laughs> there's a moment where red paint falls on Podesta's feet, oh. uh, which I thought was a nice little touch. Uh, you know, insane, wink, wink. <laughs> insane. Uh, and then the other thing, I don't know if you got this, but I definitely did. Uh, even though it's not as colorful as in Coco, but the death in the wood spray reminded me of Alebrijes. Like, I was like, whoa, that's an Alebrije. Like, immediately thought of that. Obviously, not as colorful, et cetera, et cetera. But for me, I was just like, yeah, the design of the character, uh, you know, and the fact that, the you know, what the character plays in his role uh, is kind of being like a guardian sort of for Geppetto. You know and, what? I don't think it was an Alebrije like, per se, but what I do think okay. it was... Because of all the eyes that were in it, isn't the, isn't like the biblical description of an angel supposed to be like kind of like a thousand eyes and uh, not really like not like not like the winged cherubs that we know of like uh, when people think of an angel, you know, they got their wings and they're just like humanoid. I mean, they're like basically humans with wings and they're really nice and friendly and stuff. But um, the biblical description. Uh, biblically accurate. Let me see. Biblical angels. What is this? What is this in Deuteronomy? Uh, n- uh, <laughs> I I don't know, but <laughs> uh, it says um, uh, biblical biblically accurate angels. Um, so a biblically accurate angel is they're kind of scary. <laughs> um, so Wait, I gotta Google this. Yeah, go- Google it real quick. Sorry, run for this uh, slight tangent, but um, uh. The biblically accurate form of an angel is uh, a bunch of different. There's a uh, there's a bunch of different descriptions of it, but I know that there's one that has a bunch of eyes, like a bunch a bunch of eyes. I think it's Ophanim, Ezekiel ten twelve. Their entire bodies, including their backs, hands, and wings, were full of eyes all around, as were their four wheels, is what the the quote is. And so when I saw all those eyes on the the sprite's wings and like it opened up and they were all blinking and stuff, that's what I thought. It was like the the guardian angel, so to speak, of um of gotcha. Geppetto. So, uh, yeah, gotcha. that's what I thought. Not really Alebrijes, but more of that, more of an angel. But I guess like in in the sort of sense, they serve the same purpose, you know, um, uh, Alebrijes versus uh, angels. But 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want, I want to, I want to about, God, maybe 12 years of, uh, <laughs> 12 years of uh, oh, Catholic yeah. education. Yeah, got, and I have never seen this in my life. Yeah. You got a this lot is of like a, your belt. This is, the, this is, the, <laughs> this is definitely first. So, uh, yeah, that's, wow. what, that's exactly I what I thought. I can't believe I was lied to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, what I, that's what I thought of when I first saw it. I was like, oh, snap. You know, GDC getting his, his I mean, he's, he's a very biblical dude, you know? So he's got, he's pulling yeah, out all the stops. So that's what I thought. But I mean, in terms of like all the, all the, actual uh design of everything oh my god i loved it i loved oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the underworld and how it looked like yep. i thought the the rabbits were hilarious um yeah i thought that uh um the whole cosmic area of the underworld of the underworld processing specifically so not where they're like playing cards but like where they have like the sand and all that stuff i think that's like oh man it's it's really really no. beautiful stuff <laughs> the- <laughs> Just because he has rabbits too, but it reminded me also of uh, <laughs> uh, at D- David Lynch's um, Inland Empire. He has like these stop, oh, stop motion uh, <laughs> rabbits kind of walking around like a family. So now that you just mentioned, I didn't make it the connection while I was watching the film, but now that you just mentioned that uh, with the rabbits, it just came and popped into my head. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, that's, I guess you learn something new every yeah. day. I did not. I've never seen those type of angels in yeah. my life. Uh, they probably didn't want to scare me in. <laughs> school, so that's probably why I've never seen them. Yeah. Uh, but, but um, and not not yeah, to yeah, bias no. not to bias anything, but I I did think that the the underworld stuff was like some of the most beautiful part of the whole movie, and that is the part that was animated in Mexico. So I mean, I don't know. Shout out, shout out to all those Mexican animators. Like it, it was, it looked absolutely stunning. It was it was really great. I loved it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it just goes to show that, you know, the talent is there, you know, people just need to be given the opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I love the fact that he was able to get his animation studio and put these artists out front, especially like having them, you know, help animate Pinocchio and the cricket itself, like Mm -hmm. the main characters, right? Like, I mean, that's, that's big. Um, And I, I really love the fact that Memo did that. Um, But staying on the blue for the, uh, or, Staying on the blue, staying on the underworld. Uh, you know what that blue kind of reminded me of is it's also that that tint um, is also kind of in Kronos as well, right? When I think into, like, the... Guillermo loves this blue tint because he's got it in oh, Kronos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also got it in Shape of Water. He's got a lot of that okay. blue tint. So okay. yeah, and I this definitely goes know. back to um, and this goes back to actually uh, Geometria. Because I, I, I it's one of the shorts that's included on the on the Chronos disc. disc. So yeah. I watched it when we covered the episode, and he has like a little short snippet of him talking about it. And essentially, what that kind of blue colored tint is is that he, while he was kind of building this love for Hitchcock, he also built a love for Giallo films and their mm. style. And for those in the audience who may not fam- be familiar with Giallo films, they're essentially poorly dubbed <laughs> yeah. that, poorly dubbed italian uh murder mystery films kind of uh and so that blue highlight that you kind of see in guillermo's work that's you know him being inspired by those uh those films um when he was growing up and it's kind of funny too because his, his mom is actually in helmetria who you know recently 
uh passed so oh, um RIP. so yeah i mean that's you know kind of a full circle thing there um but yeah i just yeah that that blue i was like oh yeah i know exactly where that's from and where i've seen it before mm. which was great but yeah so the, the one last kind of final point i wanted to make is how beautiful is that final line of the film uh, what happens happens and then we're gone Jesus i mean Christ. i don't want to say you know i don't want to go out too far on a limb but i don't think this is going out super far on a limb by saying it's probably one of the you know the most poetic final lines i've seen in recent memory yeah it's... Uh, i think it perfectly closes out the film i mean it plays perfectly into kind of the theme here that like life is beautiful and we gotta love it while we know, have it you know things like that exactly like that whole underworld uh sequence where um where death is kind of explaining to which by the way a uh, quick tangent what how i did not think that was told us when oh my gosh i know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or cape lanchette cape lanchette is, is, uh, is <laughs> i know right so uh a funny story, but a quick anecdote on that one. So essentially, in the in the uh, they interviewed Kate Blanchett in the Netflix supplement, and Ron, you can cut this, whatever it's fine. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I guess they were filming Nightmare Alley, yep. and she was and she was like, "Hey, you need to put me in this film." And Guillermo's, "Well, like everything's been casted. The only thing I have left is a monkey." <laughs> she responded like, "She said she responded like I would play a pencil for you." <laughs> so, I mean that's some dedication there, but yeah. Uh, besides the fact, uh, going back to the to the life is beautiful, you know, like I think that's one of the messages of the film and kind of what the underworld creature is there to kind of say is that you know you could live for eternity, right? But that's not necessarily what makes life beautiful. Eventually, at some point, it's going to make it dull. Again, another theme that he talked about in Chronos, um, which. If I haven't plugged that episode that we've on <laughs> yet, here it is. Uh, cheap plug. Uh, but, you know, he kind of plays with this question. And I think it's, you know, it's something to think about, too. Like, honestly, like, how how beautiful would this life be if we could live it forever, right? Um, and at the end of the day, Pinocchio makes the decision, right, to break the time capsule and go back to save geppetto and he's willing to you know live life to the fullest not allow anyone to take advantage uh of him or to tell him who he needs to be to be loved and yeah i mean i just i just absolutely love that and i I thought it was so beautiful and i think that also like me i'm so sorry no 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 go ahead I was going to say, I think that pairs very well with like how Guillermo del Toro's whole fascination with like Christianity and Catholicism and how like he's basically rejecting right. all of that right here, you know, like, um, you know, don't be the way that they want you to be kind of like, you know, just be yourself rather than like following, you know, uh, Catholic values per se, or um, uh, the, the whole idea of eternity, you know, being, being eternity in heaven and just kind of rejecting that as well and just be like, you know what? I've got my life. This is the life that I have. Um, I don't know what what else is going to be. So just live the life that you have now. Um, just really poetic stuff from Guillermo del Toro. He's, I mean, he's 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 the master. Uh, but anyways, sorry. Oh, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> no, no. I mean, everything you just said, it's 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 spot on. I mean, that's what makes life 
special is we only have one and you only live once. YOLO. <laughs> YOLO. YOLO. Uh, Toro, then, hashtag YOLO. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. His next movie. Hashtag uh, YOLO. <laughs> so, uh, you know, live it to the fullest. Um, and I, I just absolutely think that that's beautiful. So, yeah, I mean, with all these kind of themes that we've kind of talked about, uh, along with kind of my little, you know, the little, I guess uh, the little uh, abrasion I had and how it took me a little bit to get into that this is the character who's voicing Pinocchio, or this is the person voicing Pinocchio, and he's singing musicals and, and all that jazz. Uh, <laughs> to me, um, at the end of the day, I think that this is, for me, a four-star film. Ooh, four um, stars for Guillermo Pinocchio from Guti. But yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing, and I... I don't know. I guess we'll see what the Disney animation is like, but I mean, this is pretty damn good. Oh <laughs> pretty God. damn good adaptation. It is just uh, from what I know. Yeah, this is. I mean, I think this is an incredible, incredible movie. Um, if you haven't heard my comments, um, speaking <laughs> of, I'll, I'll just give my final thoughts on my rating. Um, uh, the casting in general. I mean, Kate Blanchett is the best. <laughs> the monkey was great. Um, right. Christoph Waltz does an incredible job here. Not many people oh, can yeah. get the best out of him. Uh, usually it's just Quentin Tarantino that can really get Christoph Waltz in like the bag that he needs. But uh, right. he, Guillermo Toro got him for a very good part, and um, I think he does a really good job. Ron Perlman as Podesta is incredible yeah. he's just got such a gnarly voice so strong uh strong like italian pint you know what Keep, i mean keeping the, <laughs> yeah <laughs> keeping the keeping the lake alive there right the yeah you gotta it, there's no way del toro is gonna make another movie without ron perlman like he's it's just they're the homies you know uh so i really love that um i know that people have said that you and mcgregor's performance is like kind of like big and out there but honestly i think it's good i just think that yeah uh, because he's a cricket, <laughs> he doesn't really have many. <laughs> he doesn't have any facial expressions. You know, all the, he needs to evoke everything through the voice. You know, like you get some of it right. with the eyes, with the emotion. But honestly, um, the intensity of all the emotions that are being conveyed has to go through the voice. So I get it. I understand why Ewan is very because I, I I also hear it. You know, he's very very animated in his voice, and he's very know, intense. And, um, yeah, I I honestly didn't mind it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was I thought it was fine. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good too. Uh, so I really liked it. Um, I thought that it was very anti-fascist from the start when Pinocchio says "obey," but yep. I don't want to obey. I was like, "Oh snap!" <laughs> like I just yep. it's just uh, really good stuff. And then the last point that I wanted to give is um, basically my favorite sequence of the whole movie, and it's the military youth camp. It is some mm. of the most heinous images in the whole movie like this is oh, really yeah. really scary like at one point pinocchio says he loves war and his nose doesn't grow i'm like what the fuck what? you know like they're like they're basically just brainwashing all these kids to love war and fight for your country and die for your country no matter what um and they're kids they're little kids like literally like when the bobbings start happening in the in the youth camp and they're literally sending out little kids putting on a helmet give them a gun send them out i'm just like it's it's just so like, horrible sorry go ahead 
Yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, that they're one-upping each other in bed. Like, before even going to bed, they're, like, talking about... I love war. war. I'm like, like, are you serious, this... dude? Like, this is crazy. Guillermo <sighs> uh, del Toro having yeah. little kids talk about guns and dying and stuff like that. It's just... It's so sad, you know? And uh memo just knows exactly how to how to do it you know he's 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 giving us a a master class in dark themes for like children and like i don't know this is like this is a really great talking point for like parents to talk to their kids if they watch it with their kids and again another thing it is a pg movie and it is animation but as guillermo said and as many animators say animation is not just for kids like sure this is a pg movie but uh you're all adults and you can watch this movie and have a great time with this movie. You don't have to be a kid to enjoy it. It's just really well made. Um, it's just incredible. It's an incredible movie and I'm giving it the full five stars. Five star banger for me. Nice, I mean, baby. I'm pretty sure you all saw it coming a mile away, um, but it is what <laughs> it is. It is what it is. I really, really loved it. I thought it was impeccably done. I thought the songs were good. I thought it was incredibly scary with like the whole military youth camp. I mean, that's easily the scariest part. Like, uh, it's like, ah, I, I can't even articulate it. Well, like it's just, <laughs> it's just so scary to me. So, um, right. Yeah. Those are my final thoughts and five stars, five stars for me smile. Um, nice. Yeah. And the other important thing I wanted to, to quickly mention too, is, is memo always mentions animation is not a genre, not a genre. It's a medium. It's a medium. Like put some respect on the artistry that these people are putting into every day. Yeah. All right. It is That's just it. it's just That's all I got. Yeah. It's <sighs> listen listen to, to the god Guillermo del Toro, please. Um, because this is just some insane stuff happening here. Um and let's hear actually I think we got uh we actually have some thoughts from Ron, our beloved Ron editor and out sick today. Um, he's got some thoughts and a rating, so Guti, why don't you go ahead and read out what Ron gave us to read out? Sure. So, Ron's thoughts. To me, Pinocchio has always been a story about obedience. The original story it's based on, like a lot of classic fairy tales, is way darker than most of the adaptions we've gotten. I'm glad this is totally closer to that. I also think the idea to flip it on its head and set it in a fascist Italy is interesting since it takes the do-what-your-parents-tell-you lesson and pits it against ideas of authoritarianism, ideas of authoritarianism and individuality. I think it could go harder in some of those respects, but it is a kid's movie. Boo. I love the cast. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love the cast. I mean, two-time Oscar winner Kate Blanchett voices a monkey. A flippin' monkey. <laughs> and I thought the stop motion was gorgeous. My only real gripes are that I wasn't super interested in the circus stuff, and I'm really not that into musicals. Though, the big baby Il Duce bit was pretty great. Overall, I think it's great, and I want to see Doctor del Toro and Gustafsson do more stop motion work together. Maybe a Pinocchio meets Hellboy sequel. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Whoa. I'm giving it 
four stars. Four stars. Four stars from Raw. So as we all know, three stars is good. And good to give it four. Ron gave it four. And your boy is mine to give it five stars. Thank you so much, Ron, for giving us your thoughts. I mean, I really love the Iluche bit. Uh, basically telling them to eat shit. <laughs> like, oh my god, <laughs> it is insane. Yeah, that was crazy. Cr- that was crazy. And then Mussolini <laughs> just being like, "I don't like this. Shoot him." I'm yeah. like, "Yo, <laughs> this is crazy." I mean, he's not wrong. Yeah, and then Del Toro's not wrong. Yeah, and then Pinocchio's just like, "Hey, worth it," you know? <laughs> like he doesn't care. Yeah. I'm like, "Dang, yeah. dude." Yeah, it's it's uh, uh that was pretty funny. It's crazy stuff. I loved it. I love that. Um, so thank you, Ron, again for. Uh, sending that in uh we actually have some reviews from some of our friends as well some friends have tagged their review with uh real latinos over at letterboxd so uh we're gonna read out some of the reviews here um uh first review that we're reading here is from kev kev over host of the austin danger podcast friend of the show uh kev gave this uh movie four stars and he writes i'm a cordokio <laughs> is a tender, gorgeous, <laughs> anti-fascist fairy tale from the master of such things. A unique spin on the classic story that doesn't compromise its heart. A lovely musical too, which was a big surprise. Thank you so much for the review, Kev. And yeah, big surprise with the musical. I have not seen Amacord yet, um, but I've heard big things about it. Have you seen Amacord? Uh, good thing. Uh, I I have I have not. I need to go. I, there's 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 a lot of blind spots i have mr i love classic film over here i know i know i know and international classic films (laughs) is still one of my bigger ones so i'm sorry i'm working on it um uh we have another review from the other host of austin nature podcast mackenzie uh mackenzie uh also rates four stars and their review is as follows uh the whole pinocchio joins fascist youth to Pinocchio is crucified section of the film had my jaw <laughs> on the floor. LOL. Uh, Mackenzie, I am 100% with you. I think that was like probably my favorite part of the whole movie. That whole sequence is <laughs> insane. <laughs> Absolutely insane that it's in a PG movie. Um, totally. Yeah. yeah. Straight up Nazi salutes happening. Kids are dying. Guts flying everywhere. Uh, <laughs> a dad telling his son to shoot his friend. Uh, it's just... Yeah. It's in, and then of course, uh, wooden boy crucifixion. Who could forget? <laughs> so, um, yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, thank you, Mackenzie, for your review. Um, and then our third review that we're here to talk about is from our good friend Daniel Cura. Uh, Daniel Cura, friend of the show. Um, or he's part of the VHS Village. Uh, as, as from the pre pre mentioned uh, Discord server. So, uh, shout out Daniel. And Daniel writes, uh, giving us four stars. Four stars for Pinocchio. Uh, Daniel says, what a stunning piece of work. The character models, the details in their features, the cinematography, and just the overall advancement of the stop motion medium. Chef's kiss. Uh, There were big chunks of this film where I forgot I was watching stop motion animation. One of these characters gets in a fight with a balloon and I was amazed by it. Um, Yeah, (laughs) it's it's crazy. Um, uh, Daniel continues, delightfully dark, heavy, and unsettling while also having an essence of innocence and wonder. Only Guillermo can balance all that so purely and effortlessly. I truly enjoyed how I didn't know where the story would take us and how this adaptation would be different from others we've seen. Uh, The changes made sense and made it something unique. 
I was not expecting a poignant little piece dissecting the importance of life through the lens of its impermanence. I also think it's kind of important for kids to not be talked down to about death or have the topic brushed under the rug. And this movie addresses those things head on in a manner that doesn't divide an audience based on age. If anything, it can bring them together. Wow. Daniel, what a great review here. Um, Yeah. Talking about the impermanence of death and how that makes life so beautiful I mean, CC yep. Coco, you know? <laughs> so, uh, uh, absolutely. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio and Coco, great double feature, I think. Um, just teaching kids all about death, you know, <laughs> and, how, and how it's uh, it's real. So, thank you so much, Daniel, for such a great review of Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. And if you want to hear your review shouted out here on the podcast, make sure to tag your letterbox review with Real Latinos. That's R E E L L A T I N O S. And with that, we have some emails coming in here on the Real Latinos uh, inbox. So, Guti, why don't you go ahead and read some of those emails out for us? Yeah, so we have an email from Tim Hamilton, co-host of the Seti Bimco podcast. Uh, and he's also, you know, I think he's a, I think this is, he's written in before. So, yeah, past, great to hear past writer. always from Tim. Yep, Absolutely. So this one actually has to do with Andor, mm. the episode that we covered last week, yep. which, you know, if you guys have listened in, we're big fans of. Big fans. Big so, fans of Andor. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. So the subject line says, wow, hello, I'm not a big Star Wars fan. So when I sat down to watch Andor out of curiosity, I was surprised as to how much I was drawn into this fictional world. Also hearing your commentary about some of the characters and characterizations that I didn't totally grasp on first viewing opened up another level of enjoyment for me. Thoughts for season two? I say Andor visits Endor and we get a lot of Ewoks. <laughs> Great episode. Love, Tim. Wow. Wow. Thank wow, you, wow, Tim. Wow. Thanks for that. What a great email, and uh, I think we talked a little, little bit about season two stuff uh, from Marcy's email last week, but um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's going to be, uh, I mean, as Guti said, uh, Andor's still going to be alive, <laughs> uh, yeah. so to make sure that he's there <laughs> for Rogue One, um, but Ewoks, imagine Andor with some Ewoks, uh, that'd be nice, right. I mean, it's been a while since we've had uh, some good Ewok action, so uh, thank you, Tim Hamilton, uh, I think, I mean, Thoughts yeah. for Season 2, I think is going to be great, and I honestly think there's going to be um, some more cameos, maybe Riz Ahmed, maybe Donald Glover, who knows, um, right. but uh, or any of the other Rogue One uh, friends, so that's what I think. Absolutely, I would love. I would love to somehow. I would love if somehow they get Jyn Erso mm. in there somehow. I don't know how because you know technically you gotta keep the continuity with Rogue One, but right, right. <laughs> um, when they first meet and yada yada yada. But I would love to just see like a small snippet of that. That would be that'd be great, that'd even be if it's like at the end of the season. That would be awesome right, to see. Right. Um, so, so yeah, I, but I agree with you. Cassian will survive. <laughs> Cassian will survive. Cassian Andor will be in season two. <laughs> and Tim Hamilton with a second email. Second yeah, email this time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the subject line, Pinocchio. Hello. Hi again, Tim. <laughs> I was worried Guillermo's Pinocchio would be another Netflix disappointment. I haven't liked many of their offerings lately, except for the Cabinet of Curiosities, but it was quite amazing. 
very dark with characters who are not as two-dimensional as one may expect them to be with an older fairy tale like this. Although with the Disney version of the character burned into my memory, I was constantly waiting and hoping that Pinocchio would put some pants on. (laughs) (laughs) I do wish I saw it on the big screen, but Netflix did have a making of short. Thank you, Tim. Uh, At the end of the movie, I also found very insightful. Totally agree. Interested in hearing your thoughts. Tim. Thank you, Tim, for another email. Yep. Actually, spoilers, I actually did get to see this in the big screen. So... Y'all can just be jealous over there in your headphones, but <laughs> I uh, I made the trek out to my local uh, independent movie theater. You know, I went through uphill both ways in the in the blazing snow, <laughs> and and, uh, <laughs> uh, and I watched uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio in the big screen, um, and then I watched it also at home uh, on Netflix. But yeah, that that making of short, highly recommended, highly yeah. recommended, so good. So, so good. And we have one last final email from Jasher Drake. Also another uh, repeats writer into the show. And also, I think he's. Re- I think we've read some of his reviews on the show That's as well. That's right, Jasher Drake. Uh, and he's the co-host of a beloved podcast that we all love, uh, Podzilla. Godzilla going so, through all of Godzilla's movies in oh yeah in chronological oh, yeah. order. Great stuff over there on Podzilla. Absolutely, give them a listen. So the subject of the letter says Guillermo del Toro, the God. Mm, one of mine. Hey gang. <laughs> <laughs> hey gang. Super quick one, but I love this movie to bits, and I'm so excited to hear the three of you talk about it. One thing that completely took me by surprise was just how good all of the musical numbers in this were. Every song was a literal banger. Banger. Did each of you <laughs> Did each of you have a favorite from the soundtrack? Love you all and can't wait to see what 2023 brings for the show. Jasher. Same Jasher. Uh, Jasher, what a beautiful email. Can't wait to see Exactly. We can't wait to see what's uh up next on the podzilla podcast as well uh so for me uh, i think i I mentioned it when we're we're talking about the film chow papa was on another level for me i absolutely love that Mm. song um so that 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 was my pick i mean i've already played it like 20 times on my on my my spotify account so (laughs) might end up on the wrapped for next year we'll see see. um yeah i love chow papa too uh the the whole fatherland march was pretty insane. Um, I also really liked the uh, uh, the Volpe one uh, when we were king. We were a king once, and then can we be king twice? Uh, very very good. I loved Waltz's singing in that one, um, and of course, uh, you know, making fun of uh, Benito Mussolini. And telling him to eat shit. I mean, what a song! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was uh, absolutely incredible. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah. So Il Duce, I think that one was was pretty great. Um, it's just a lot of really good songs. Yeah, uh, I'm right with you, Jasher. Uh, I did not know that there was going to be so much singing, and all the singing was great. So, shout out, shout out, musicals. You know, <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, all the emails that we have for today so if you want to hear your email read out on the show make sure to send an email over to reallatinos at gmail.com that's r-e-e-l-l-a-t-i-n-o-s at gmail.com 
uh, or give us uh, a ping over in our social media handles at Real Latinos over on Twitter and Instagram. And that leads us over to our next week's feature presentation, the big one. Next week, uh, we will be covering my, I mean, I think it might be my favorite director. I don't know if it's like too early to <laughs> to say that or not, but we're covering Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu's Bardo, False Chronicle oh. of a Handful of Truths. Um, I I mean, okay, so it's directed by Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu. Um, it stars Daniel Jiménez Cacho, which uh, is basically the um the stand-in for Iñárritu's character here. A very personal movie from Iñárritu uh, happening with this pick. Uh, full disclosure, I've already seen this movie, uh, so uh, I won't give my thoughts. You're going to have to wait until next week to hear what I have to say. Um, but I am very excited to watch this again and talk about Bardo. Guti, how about you? Bardo, have you been looking oh, forward yeah. to this? I mean... Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely looking forward to it because I, I loved Amores Perros so much when we covered it Ooh. previously. Another cheap plug for the show. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm excited I'm excited to see this. You know, I've seen also Birdman uh, based off of your recommendation, Ooh. which was an excellent recommendation. Excellent. Movie. And so uh, I, I really like his style and, and his, uh, his direction, so we'll see what he can uh, cook up here. I know it's been a little divisive on social media, but... Who, who cares what those people say? Who cares what social what media has to say? It's what we got to exactly. say. It's about your own opinion. Exactly. You just got to go and watch it for yourself. Okay. Don't be listening exactly. to all these other haters. Just listen to us. <laughs> yeah. We're sounding very, we're sounding like we're starting a we're, fascist. We're, <laughs> we're the voice of reason. <laughs> we're, we're starting a fascist colony over here. Or exactly. Um Latinos. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of listeners probably already know Birdman one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, I also think the subtitle of Birdman have like Bardo also having a subtitle. So very, uh, very yep. close parallels here going on. So Birdman, as you all know, should be is Birdman or the unexpected virtue of ignorance. Here we have Bardo false chronicle of a handful of truths. Um, but I, I'm not going to get into it. I'm going to wait until next week. I'm going to gather my thoughts. I'm going to watch it again. Save it. Save it for I'm going to save it for the pod. Uh, I did see this in the big screen as well. Um, just nice. lots to talk about. Um, so, uh, before we leave, Guti, where can they find you on the internet? Yeah. So you can find me at letterbox.com backslash CG reviews. Uh, and from there, I also have a link that will get you to all my other accounts. Mm. So as long as you get to letterbox, then you have a letterbox <laughs> account. You'll be able to follow me everywhere. That's right. And then everywhere. You can, also follow, <laughs> you can follow Ron as well. Ron our 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 third amigo. He's he's not here, but you can follow him at St. Jimmy5150 over at Letterboxd. Um and then you can finally follow me uh at IVM on Letterboxd. That's I V as in video, M as in movies. So thank you so much, everybody. Make sure to give us a like, rate us five stars on Apple Podcast. Actually, we have a review. We have a five star review to read. Oh yeah, we get our first review on Apple Podcasts. So let me let me pull, put, 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 let me pick that up. <laughs> um, we have a, a five star <laughs> review here. Five stars for Real Latino. So you all know this is some certified stuff. Uh, let's 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 read this five star review. 
the, the reviews, <laughs> uh, it's, it's from KK. Great, great friend of the show, KK. <laughs> uh, he, he says, very sexy, very smart, and very fun. Easily one of the best in the biz. Real Latinos personally massages my brain in all the right places. All the nooks and crannies, too. Uh, thank you, KK, for the five-star review. Yeah. Uh, we'd love to see it. Thank you, KK. Um, um, make sure to share this with your friends and family. And make sure to subscribe to get a brand spanking new episode every single Thursday. So, with everything said, adios. Adios. Real Latinos is a podcast written, produced, and hosted by Christian Gutierrez, Ron Jimenez, and Ismael Diaz. Mixed and edited by Ron Jimenez. Artwork provided by Elizabeth Jimenez, Ron Jimenez, and Ismael Diaz Molina. Original music provided by Tony Lovato. Muchas gracias y hasta la próxima. Bom, 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 bom. Hola y bienvenidos a Real Latinos. My name is Ismael. This actually fuck. Stop. Stop the stop the press. And just like that, killing it. I became a fascist. Aaron, I fucked up, Ron. Sorry, Ron. And I'm about to start off right now. Start up again right now. Three, two, one. Hola y bienvenidos a Real Latinos. My name is Ismael Villegas Mole. Ah, fuck me. I keep on saying the full name. I just... Oh, yeah. Ron. Ron's got that magic touch. Magic touch, baby. Give me that magic touch, Ron. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, oh, man. That is going to show up in the bloopers for sure. Okay, let's stop the recording. <laughs> Hi there. I'm Tim, and this is my co-host, John. Each week on the SETI BIMCO show, we talk with people about their humorous or dramatic high school experiences. Or we watch a terrible movie about high school. Hey Tim, as Real Latinos was nice enough to let us run this promo, I learned some Spanish. Listen to this. El personal de los restaurantes llama a Tim el hombre huevo. The staff at restaurants called him the Eggman. That sounded great, John. What, whatever you said. Hey, you can listen to SETI BIMCO every Wednesday wherever you listen to podcasts. Right, John? That's right, Tim. S-E-D-D-Y-B-I-M-C-O. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>